Okay, ready? Welcome to Cinema Q, where we chat all things film and faith through our lens as storytellers and as a creative married duo. I'm Ian McHugh, filmmaker, actor, and writer with over 10 years in the industry. And I'm India, photographer and actress. Together we discuss the art of filmmaking and review what we're watching, all to discover what should go next in your Cinema Q. Let's do it. Let's go. Welcome back to Cinema Q. I'm India. And I'm Ian. I'm still India. Still Ian. And we're so glad you're here. Yeah, welcome to our first episode of an actual film, episode four. Woo! Finally! Who's excited? You guys are probably like, wait, I thought we were talking about films. Why well, are we not talking about films? Now we are. We're here. We are here. We made it. And as we said in the last episode, we are going to talk about Avatar The Way of Water. Brand new. If you're watching this right when it came out, we just mm-hmm. saw Avatar. It might even still be in theaters by the time we release this. So hopefully you get to experience it in a cinema. Amazing. We watched it in 3D because we, we were debating because I was like, I haven't seen a film in 3D in a decade. Wow. But Ian said that they were almost only going to release it in 3D. I might be wrong on that, but I heard that somewhere. So I don't oh, know how maybe. accurate that is. But I'm so glad we went with the 3D. It didn't give me a headache or anything. Mm-hmm. Like It was so fun, really enjoyable. And it just like made the whole film even richer than Absolutely. probably just normal. Absolutely. And so it's a three and a half hour long film. I don't know how much we're going to be able to fit into 30, 40 minutes of this episode, but we have a couple talking points about four each. Uh, hopefully that will kind of guide our conversation and you are more than welcome to join in in the comments below. Say yeah. your two cents on whether you liked it or not, but uh, either way, it is one of the most successful films of all time and we are here to talk about it. And stick around because at the end of this episode, we're going to do our final scores. So we each have not discussed our talking points with each other. And they're going to help us determine the overall, like, how high on your Cinema Q list should this film be? Like, when should you watch this? And so I'm going to give my score. Ian will give his. And that'll hopefully kind of let you know our thoughts on uh, how in demand this film should be for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we are excited. And... Here we go. So do you have your first point? I will let you start. Ladies first, chivalry should not be dead. And please go on with your first point and discussion point of what we should talk about, about Avatar, the way of water. Wow, babe. So so nice of you. Let me get my notes up. (laughs) (laughs) My first point is the environments. How can you not be obsessed with the environments that they made in that film? every single environment that was new whether they were in the trees or underwater or seeing this cool like blue life source situation purple blue the nighttime the day like every single scene did not miss it was beautiful and the thing that i was like struck by is when you're making a normal you know traditional film with a camera and your location scouting right you're looking for a physical space to rent out and get permits for and set up your shot so as a director you have to come in with a game plan of like what is this film going to be about where does it take place how do we get those locations on my film but when you're animating and it's like mostly cgi the sheer like creativity of your own brain on creating something like that and then trusting that like through storyboard and concept art, that same vision will come to life. Like so much planning, but the environments, the locations themselves, like not one single miss. I was baffled, like not yeah. one pixel out of place ever. <laughs> In a three and a half hour yeah, film, I was like, and, uh, 
My goodness. I completely agree with you. Unreal. The, oh, the world that James Cameron created here is incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literal otherworldly. Um, I, I saw this little interview that they were like, you had to have filmed that on a different planet. And he's like, ah, you caught us because all this CGI stuff was and talk of new technologies is all fake because they we went to a different planet. Like, I believe it because every single image is perfect uh, on execution of this world. And so I think that that adds a whole new, I think, ability and appreciation for me and actors to yeah. act together with only their imagination of the space around them and what they're interacting with because if you have seen the behind the scenes it's, it's blue screens and it's you know things with cushions on them and a bunch of dots and people like it's like that's not a cheetah coming at you that's yeah. not like a green plant that's about that's to not eat a you whale that's about to like that's be... a man in a suit like <laughs> absolutely so the imagination with, with these actors to be able to understand that because they sat down and saw you know the concept art and the storyboards and all of that and trusted the vision of these animators to be able to put everything together and their interaction with the world and the environment was it was beautiful it was beautiful every absolutely didn't miss every animal created every light beam going through the trees like i completely agree with dust you that. particle like i mean that's just my top point absolutely did you have that on your list or did you add something um different? sort of sort okay. of and and so i i think just off of that point though is a new appreciation for me on god's creativity of our earth that was on my list is it okay yeah because that wasn't on my list but i think that just kind of piggybacks off of this one of the us like being image bearers of God, yeah. right? The ultimate creator of not just Earth, but the universe. And for yeah. James Cameron and his team to come together to create a world, I'm like, wow, God had to do that with his voice. Like he thought this up and just spoke oceans into existence and mountains and Yosemite National Park, one of our favorite places. And, so gorgeous. Uh, we haven't gotten to travel nearly as much as we want to, but we know this planet is beautiful. Yes. And I'm super thankful for it. And I don't want to grow numb to how beautiful this planet is which also allows me to appreciate how beautiful the world that James Cameron came up with is. 100%. Again, we are going to spoil things when we do these bigger episodes. So if you haven't seen it, stop. Don't, you know. Stop listening. We're going to spoil some stuff. So the other point was the honor that the Navi, is it so. Navi or Navi? I think it's Navi. But the Navi people had for creation like obviously in the first film they do a lot of talking about this like all of the creation is together and there's this like mother earth sort of concept and the tree and the tree and like life forces and stuff and respecting animals and the connection with them the yes. bonding of, with yes. environment and creation exactly and i was going to say how even though obviously if you're a christian those elements aren't quite the same like if you believe in god then you're not thinking of this like mother earth force but it's such a similar parallel of like god's creation is his handiwork and it's an extension of god and i feel like my heart got so grieved in both films by the way that humans americans have come into the picture of this beautiful ecosystem and said we want the fastest way we'll destroy the most stuff with no regard if it means that we have money and power yeah so they're they're utilizing and wringing the neck of this beautiful pandora ecosystem for the tiny thing that is an element that makes them safe powerful whatever and so i wrote down as a discussion point like the the honor that those people had for creation and like there's a huge you know meta narrative for viewers to take out of that too is like how are we honoring god's creation how are we caring for the earth and the creatures that are on it understanding that 
all of them play a role in making it work. And I just like walked away like with both a heavy heart and also just a gratitude for the film that spent three and a half hours just so that we could appreciate creation more and do yeah. more to protect it. So, ugh, so good. Absolutely. And there was one point where I believe it was Jake Sully's character uh, when, uh, spoiler alert again, um, but when they had to bury their his son, right? Um, and, I cried and through my 3D glasses. Into this, oh, I, I actually did. But when he goes into this sea anemone-esque mm. tree seaweed that, you know, collects him into the ground. And then there's also this scene with, um, here, I wrote it down because I, I just wanted to say the whale. But I think it's the Tolkien. Yeah. The whales type creatures and their memories, kind of like an elephant. Where And it was in this moment where he's like, these people are dangerous. They'll just destroy everything. They'll whatever. But then in that moment when he saw the connection and the memories and the uh, everything that they've created around them, they're like, this is home. And we actually need to fight for this yeah. and protect this and keep this. Because his initial response was, they're just going to take everything and run over everyone. And then there came a point where he's like, I'm not okay with that actually. And I'm going to stand up for what I believe in and protecting this beautiful space that has people that I care about, memories um, of, of loved ones and the way that they connected with the earth and, and preserved things that were precious to them and then fought for those things. Um, and I think that was really cool that the environment became, and, and just as creation is for us, like I believe that God created it for mm. us to enjoy, Agreed. we now have a responsibility to tend and keep and I see that reflected well in the Navi people, and it's heartbreaking. And yeah. just the opening shots of the flames coming down and destroying the Sully's home um, with no remorse. It's it's like I see both sides of that here on Earth, and my heart gets happy when I see people protect and love the planet. And it's heartbroken when I see people destroying mm. it for personal gain, power, and purpose, and money. So I completely agree with you there. The yeah. world was beautiful, and I think it should draw a new appreciation for us as humans for what we do have here. Yeah. So that's hard. <laughs> as I, that was your point. Sorry, I kind of no, took over good. there. No, do you um, have another? But yeah. yeah. Um, and so going along with that, my first point was in the title and along with environment, but water in general. Yes. So the concept of water, it is literally the way of water. And they had to develop new technologies for motion capture. And like, oh, it's so incredible. The well, talent. Well, that, what do you mean with new I mean, technologies? Okay. Oh, oh whoa. Well. You want like, to talk about technology? Well, like, say, like, mention... Yeah, so, like, the motion capture, under when they were doing water scenes... They made something new for They this. created a new software and technology for this film to be able to, you know, capture so precisely. Because there's so much water in this film. Um, so, that, first of all, is really cool. But my point was on water. And water here for us is life. The life for everything, yeah. right? And so, even though Jesus sustains us, like... He built physical bodies for us that are sustained by water. And I just love in scripture that like before time even really began, when the earth was, you know, formless and void, it says that the spirit of God hovered over the waters. Preach it. And so there's two things that I get from this, which is beautiful. Uh, when he talks about hovering over the waters, that is a lot of times translated or understood as an anticipatory act there's an anticipation of action about to occur mm -hmm. so when god was hovering his spirit was hovering it's because he knew he was about to create come on out of this, somebody out of this life source that would be huh, didn't mean to do that life source <laughs> directed <laughs> by ian McHugh. that is our way. film that is showing in la it's called life Soma Palooza selection <laughs> what? i didn't mean to do that um but there there is an anticipation of action about to occur when over this this formless and void water that had 
quote-unquote nothing and Mm. there wasn't life yet given but then that very thing god used to be the the basis of life for everything on this planet which i think is super super cool um and then also the spirit of the lord oh and water a lot of times is in that void and formless is considered chaotic right Mm. so there was chaos and there was an anticipation of movement and God meeting that chaos created life. Yeah. And I saw that in Avatar, The Way of Water, where yeah. they leaned on water for life and memories and beauty. And they trusted the chaoticness of and familiarity of what they thrived in, right? Like they're, they, they leaned into it and in their source of survival and protection and way of life. And they bonded with things in the water. And it was just really cool, a parallel of how God hovered over the waters and i feel like they did the same thing where they they saw the chaotic ocean built these beautiful things while respecting nature and then bonded with the oceans uh to create a beautiful life yeah so uh, i just think that there's a beautiful parallel of just water from the biblical narrative to avatar the yeah. way of water so good I mean, yeah, the whole film. So I should also add that, like, obviously, if you're listening this far, if you're this far into the podcast and you're still with us, you either are planning to never watch it or you have already seen it and kind of know what happens. But the overview is it's the sequel to the first Avatar film, and these are tree people, like the Navi are tree people, and they, in the second film are rushing away to save Jake Sully's life because someone's after him. So they go to this water tribe in a different island on the planet um, Pandora. Mm -hmm. And then they basically ask if they can learn their way of water and become those people. So that's that little, you know, overarching recap if you haven't seen it and don't plan to. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Definitely. But okay, so I already talked on environment. I already talked on creation and like honor. Another one of my points that I took away from the film was headship and fatherhood. So this is actually... <laughs> Interruption time. I literally have headship and fatherhood Wait, really? somewhere on here. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. It's we're, a little different of a we're point. We're married. We're married. But so this was this is one of our... Since you guys are part of our marriage too now... Um, Third wheels. This is one of the like points of discussion for Ian and I quite a bit is like complementarianism versus egalitarianism. Like... Just the combo of like what the biblical place of women and men should be. And I was like appreciative of this honesty because when we started watching it, there was a moment where Jake Sully's character did something to protect his family right away. And Ian leaned over in the theater and was like headship. And that's kind of like, not really a joke, but like sometimes it's like silliness. But in that moment, it was like very serious. It's like, that is headship. Like that is what the man should do to protect his family and I think it can be really easy to in this world where like me too happens and all these really real issues like I see so much stuff that women have to go through that's not okay and the suffering that women feel for like not being believed and like all these assaults like all this is very real so I want to be very careful with noting that first it's very real very legitimate and I think women are amazing. I am a woman. <laughs> like, yeah. I think women are bosses. I think we do so much. I think mothers are incredible. And I love seeing women like take charge in films and like be these awesome bosses. Yeah. But what I noticed is when like Ian said, oh, like headship in that film, I was like, wait, this is a really beautiful thing to have like a solid 
man of valor like seen as a healthy character taking up his biblical like place as the head of the household so to speak and as this like strong male character and like doing the right things to protect his family so it was cool because it got me thinking about like as much as i love seeing these boss women characters and i i want to see more of it too i also want to see hollywood continue to make a space for like solid non-sucky men like show us what men are supposed to be and they'll rise to that mm -hmm. occasion like solid men are hard to find i lucked out guys solid. i, I really lucked out and I, I tell all my single <laughs> friends like man i wish you had an ian i wish there's more ians in the world because i like love this guy yeah <laughs> and you do so much I like win. so well <laughs> but i was like oh wow this is also just as just as important as it is to see solid women run the world and like show up and have representation in film and the entertainment industry. I think Katniss it's Everdeen, somebody. Like. I think it's also important to see solid, solid men in good examples of fatherhood, men who stay, men who fight for their family, men who sacrifice themselves. And that was a huge theme that I wasn't expecting to see in this film, but it showed up quite a bit and like it just made me really grateful for that. I was just like, wow, like as as someone like if there was a young boy watching this, like how cool for them to see something and be like, that is the kind of man I want to be. Like, it's really important, yeah. I think. And I think these days it doesn't get enough discussion because we're just like, oh, show us more women that are doing awesome things. And I'm like, yeah. It's great. But also show us some solid men out there too. Yeah. Um, so I completely agree with you. And this is actually one of my points as well. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. I'm and glad we agree. <laughs> we do, we do. And I mean, if you look at it, so not to call these ones out, but if you look, I'm not even going to name specifics, but at animated comedies, right? Adult comedies. I'll name one. Well, sure. The Simpsons. <laughs> so The Simpsons, exactly. The longest running TV show of all time. One of the most famous ones of all time. That family got all of it. What is it? It's this duncey, like... Kind of uh, a loafy dad. Loafy guy that is trying his best, but is usually dumb and then funny and all that. Like, and that's, that's how a lot of men are represented in film anymore. And so yeah. I was super thankful in this one. Oh, my note that I had written was the headship and leadership of Jake Sully in this space. Yeah. He he left his home that was dangerous to protect his family. He sat with leadership there to understand their ways and respect them and introduced his family to that space and said, like, do all you can to like love and protect these people as well. And then literally I wrote this and you kind of said it, but I was talking about the sacrifice. Yeah. Twice he was um, offered by the bad guy, uh, Quaritch. I think is his name. The, like, bad commander dude. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, twice, at least, in the film, he said, I have your kid hostage, and it's you or the kid. Like, mm. and twice he was given with that, and immediately, without any hesitation, Jake always said, I'll go. Mm. And granted, it, it was, with like, never without a fight, really, but he was like, I will always lay down my life for my kid or my wife or my loved ones. And it wasn't an ask of, Oh, maybe my wife should go because I'm important. Mm. He's like, no, this is this is my role. So for a personal experience, to talk about a little more of this before I get into my specifics, is a couple weeks ago, Andy and I both woke up in the middle of the night to like a thud in, so around our house. We thought it was inside our house. It and, was terrifying. And so in that moment, like I'm not going to, as the man, nudge my wife and say, hey, go check that out. Oh my gosh, that was scary. Like. There is a natural understanding in our society that 
we as men should step up, go check out the house and carry the baseball bat and, and make sure that your family's safe. And like, that isn't a, you know, misogynistic men power, whatever, like we have a responsibility as men, I believe, and are called to lead, cultivate and protect uh, people around us, families, relationships. And Jake Sully, I think did a beautiful job of that, of protecting his family. Um, leading them into to safer spaces, trusting them where they needed to be trusted, and sacrificing where you needed to sacrifice. 100%. Um, like, he, I'm all for Jesus feminism, but when there is a bump in the night, I'm out. <laughs> I'm back. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And that's not a weakness for India. But that, it's a, that is knowing God's yeah. design on how, like, it is an honor for me to be able to protect you in those face, places, right? Thank you. It's a reality, too, that if someone is a single mom or lives on their own and doesn't have, like, a man to, quote-unquote, protect them, you are not any less, like, valuable or, like, complete. Like, I'm not saying that you all need to, like, find a spouse to be a complete person. That is just, like, bad theology that I want to throw out the window. But what I am saying is that when there is a dynamic of a healthy, like, male and female relationship, it is really cool to, like, unlock these, like, God-given things where... Ian's natural instinct is like, I'm going to go check out and see if someone broke in, stay here. Like, don't dare get up because that's not what you're supposed to do. And I appreciate and value that. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so uh, some some words to put to that as well is uh, the single mothers out there and the, the women that are doing incredible things and maybe uh, don't have as much opportunity or safe space or whatever is happening. India and I say frequently where the ideal lacks, grace abounds. So if there isn't a man there to do what God has designed a man to do, to lead, cultivate, and protect, um, like grace abounds in those spaces. But also where 100%. that is there, that doesn't make the woman lesser. That, that They have beautiful, amazing things that they're designed to do as well that we believe it makes them completely equal. Different, but 100%. equal. And I think that was shown beautifully in this film about... The male leadership, trusting the women leadership, coming together, protecting families, brothers sacrificing for sisters. Like there's there's a natural understanding in society that we say like the boy goes down and takes the hit, right? And, and the girl goes free. And I think there's a beauty to that, that if you want to argue that in the comments, that's fine. We're willing to talk about it, but- Hey, we'll talk about whatever. That's just what yeah, we think. <laughs> but but I, I think that there's a beauty in understanding that and, and women are bosses and do some amazing things and in that film yes i was gonna say that too i was gonna say the other thing is like yes there was like a strong sense of fatherhood and protection and like the men actually doing what men should do yeah but there was also like no shortage of the women being complete bosses um again spoiling it there's this climax scene where the bad guy has the kids captive basically and Things go south and the oldest son dies. So he gets hit by one of the enemy's bullets. And this is Jake Solly's son. And so the mom sees her son, screams, cries, as one should, and then instantly turns around and just like goes ham on the bad guys. And she is like, I just got this like mama bear sense of protection when I was watching that of like, go off, like do Mm -hmm. not mess with this woman. Like you just killed her oldest son. And she was like not playing games. She's like, blah, 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 like yeah. all this crazy action sequence. 
And it was like both like impressive, like quote unquote, just to watch the like beauty of the choreography and everything, but also just like you were filled with her rage, like in like a healthy way. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? The, it the was just like. The heartbreak that that would naturally cause, you could sympathize with where she was at because a mom yes. just lost a son. We're not and condoning there's a murder. a beautiful love there that caused a reaction out of her that was understandable. Yeah. Not condoning murder in any sense, mm -mm. but in that moment, you were just like, I get that rage because she was just like, I've had it. This enemy has taken my oldest kid and is trying to take my husband. No, you and was just the like love of the family though in that space. Yeah, um, it's like I mean, a holy rage. Yeah, another place where I leaned over and I was like headship was the the bad guy. When if you guys watched the film, was like. You know, if you let me live right now, I'm going to only ever come after you and your family and I won't stop until you're all dead sort of thing. And so Jake Sully was like, well, I'm not going to let that happen. And I'm going to defend my family now. Yes. I'm not going to run and let my family live in danger. I'm not going to go try to hide. He's like, oh, you just threatened this thing that I am called to protect and love. So I'm going to take care of this right now. I'm not going to beat around the bush. I'm going to man up and like do the thing necessary to protect my family. Yeah. Like in love. It came from a place of love, not a place of anger and hatred, which was the other side of it. Oh, so good. It was just a beautiful family dynamic that, man, there was so much respect and trust. I think, honestly, I don't know if we've seen that many solid family-centric films. Yeah. Like it, it blockbuster Hollywood style mm -hmm. where there's a mom, a dad, two boys and two girls yep. are all in the same family. And each one had a and huge role to the play. The mom and dad were together all that time and they had four kids together yeah. and they all played a role. But they each and... became like warriors. They each had personality. They each like you saw them have screen time, quote unquote. Like yeah. it was really interesting to see that much of them and like fall in love with each character. Whereas I feel like in most bigger films, it's hard to have what, six People have a lot of shared spotlight, but maybe that's yeah. partially why it was three and a half hours long. Going along with that, I have a quote that I'm going to say of James Cameron eventually uh, at the end of this spiel that I'm giving off of this. But we were just talking about the beauty of the characters and the character development. Mm -hmm. And somebody challenged him, and I don't know the exact quote on this one, but they were like, you know, oh, it's three and a half hours long. Why don't we cut out this hour of them just going through nature, riding the animals and running through trees and all this. And he was like, it's it's so beautiful like yeah it what if the only point of that part of the film was to just see how beautiful it is yeah. and sit in the nature and fall in love with the world and fall in love with the characters interacting with the world and how the characters you know interact with each other while they're going through this world and there's ah it was one of the first times i had experienced the film in a long time that they didn't waste time uh, yet still just let you sit in the world that was created 100%. and and so we're sitting here saying that we love the family dynamic we love the character development but actually james cameron got a lot of flack for the simplicity of the story and like after 13 years you couldn't have come up with a more complicated story and his quote said you can sum up the plot quite quickly but you can't sum up the experience quickly yeah and i loved that because wow. so often we're like Oh, well, we want this super unique storyline that's never been told if you're going to spend, you know, millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars and all of this. But he's like, we created a world of these these characters going through this nature together and experiences together. And he's like, sure, the plot could be summed up quickly. It's all of my previous movies, you know, Titanic and... Um, 
Terminator 2 or whatever with the destruction of it. Like, all of the... Sure, there's aspects of all of his films in there, but it's the same writer, it's the same director. It's fine. It's fine to me. Because the experience, and that's why I would again say do it in 3D, was so beautiful to sit and just watch them laugh and mess up and fall off of a wild animal that they met. And and I, I appreciated for once in a film they didn't rush it. Yeah. For an agenda. The agenda was literally just to appreciate the beauty of these people existing. Mm. So that is something that I really, really loved about the film. Yeah. Well, um, we had talked about that briefly after the film. I, I mentioned to you like how in most films we say it's like good editing. If someone's leaving their house and they close the door, you would just see a brief blip of them getting in the car and then all of a sudden they're at the next person's house. You don't want to waste time, quote unquote, watching a character leave, grab their bag, put on their shoes, walk out the door, get in the car, drive down the street, park the car, get out of the car, go to the neighbor's house. Like it's normal in editing for us to critique something like that and be like, what a waste of like, time. Get to the point. We understood what happened. They drove a car and got there. Don't show me. Yes. But in this film, I'm so glad he took that time because like you said, it was about the process of getting somewhere. And he would take five to eight minutes of just showing you footage of this other world and how they would interact through it, which in one sense, I was like, man, I wish I lived in a place like this. How cool to fly on these things and fly on these animals and go through trees. But then in another sense, it got me thinking of like, our current world is so similar. Like, yes, gravity works in a little different way. We don't have the same creatures. We can't breathe underwater. But it it also helped you fall in love with the world we have now. And I do think that's one of his maybe, you know, unspoken themes is like, don't look at Pandora as this unattainable, otherworldly place that just might never happen only in your dreams. Look at it as the potential that this earth has and and start to care more about what we do have and savor all of it the water the trees the nature it just made me want to like get back out in nature absolutely <laughs> but absolutely. it was just yeah stunning like to watch process of traveling be so beautiful yeah and i completely agree with that and the fact that i think that it helped us fall in love with the characters more which made you know death more mm. heart-wrenching and made victory more rewarding yeah. was because i understood why that character loved a flower or loved an animal or why they made fun of their sister or why they felt you know like they longed to be like their father and like i understood all that because we saw them exist yeah and and so that's why i think some people like tv shows more than movies is because you get to sit with the character for 10 seasons and actually start to understand their motives of why they do what they do instead of just quick character development and they just did this thing yeah and uh not to spoil a future episode but with like lord of the rings something that you've mentioned is that you love that it's just a storyline in a world yes and it took them three movies to accomplish the same story right each and, one didn't end in a perfect bow yeah and, start and then over. start over with a new world new whatever we actually got to just venture with these characters understand their motivations of why they do what they do and how they act why they act and relationships and in the intricacies of everything yeah interaction with nature interaction with each other war pain hardship death love it all just came out all of life. in a more beautiful way yeah because we got to sit with these characters in the minute things and still care about it because it was beautiful and then that made us care even more about the things that mattered 100 percent. So. do you have any more points do you i have one more okay i have some okay so keep going you have some <laughs> <laughs> um i think we kind of touched on them a little bit but uh 
Okay. My last talking point in discussion is just a line of dialogue that appeared, I think, three or four times in the film. And it's the phrase, I see you. I'm going to cry. It was so beautiful. So the whales, what are they called again? The Tolkien. Tolkien. Tolkien? Tolkien? It's T-U-L-K-U-N. Tolkien? I didn't look up the uh, The whales. The big whales. You'll you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, the cool whales. The Finding Nemo little fin guy. Huge, huge, huge creatures. And the mom of the water tribe of people knows how to kind of communicate with them and they they do this sort of sign language approach to talking to them and she signs to this whale i see you and then later the uh, you know a parental figure says it to a kid i see you and then one more time right at the end after the oldest son has died and is it jake yeah jake sully and then jake sully sees him in a vision kind of thing and he says, like, I see you. Ugh. Yeah, literally, the memories of the, the trees, right? The yes, and... literally for no other reason other than just those words together. Like, it feels like a better way of saying I love you for yeah. this, like, time and place. But it was just this, like, total acceptance. And especially when it was the two different species, like this, you know, person and this avatar and the whale are communicating somehow and says like i see you Through a form of sign language and tones and language again yeah and she about. and she refers to her as her like spirit sister i yeah. think and so it's just this really beautiful again talking about nature and everything's connected but also this way of like transcending you know species and like I see everything you're going through, even if we're not feeling it the same way. Ugh, my little heart. Like, I got emotional yeah. every time they said it, and I just thought, what a beautiful phrase to, like, take away from that film and, like, use mm-hmm. in real life. But also just, what would the world look like if we saw creatures, if we saw each other, if we saw everyone, and just were like, I see everything you're going through. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be the same. Don't have to do oppression Olympics. I just see you. Yeah. End of sentence. And I was like struck yeah. by that a lot. <laughs> and so to bring this into kind of my everyday life and biblical perspective with that is us as Christians talk about being fully known yet fully loved by mm. God, right? And so us as humans have a basic fear of rejection, of abandonment, of disapproval, of people not wanting us because we're messy. And if you're listening to this, you're a messy person. I'm sorry. We all are. Right? He said it. And that's it's what true. I love about our God that we believe in is he knows us fully. He knows our mess. And he's like, I still love you even in that. And I won't leave you there. I'm going to like, that's why he sent Jesus, sacrifice himself on the cross, rise again. So we're not left in our mess. And he's like, but yet in that mess, I still love you. I see you. Yeah. Right. And so that's why I think that's so powerful is because, you know, the, the younger son with the Tolkien whale, the one that was rejected from society because mm. of his choices and all of this. He understood that whale's failures and bringing more, you know, of his his friends and creatures into the battlefield and getting them killed. And, you know, the Avatar and the Na'vi and all of them, the Water Tribe, don't believe in, like, the murder of things. And they believe that this Tolkien did that. Mm. Sorry if I'm getting that pronunciation wrong. I'm trying my best. Um, but then this younger son, it was like, hey, I see that, but I also see your heart and that you have changed. And... There is space for grace and forgiveness, and I see you. I know your flaws. I know your past, yet I still love you. You are my family now. Mm. He says that. And so that actually goes to my point, if I can. Yeah. Because it goes right along. My last point with what you were saying is 
Um, there's a natural, uh, wait right here. Family is important, right? Focus on this more than romantic relationships. Um, and so that's something I appreciate about this film was it didn't focus on, oh, there's a boy in love with a girl, which mm. is fine, but that's the storyline of a lot of things right sure. now. But it was family. Yeah. It was tribe. It was race. It was the coming together of that. It was, you know, this younger son to the, the Tolkien whale um, and saying, you are my family. Like, I see you and you are what I, I love and cherish. And then also with um, the character Spider and Quaritch or whatever his name mm -hmm. was, the bad guy, like, even though that he was now an avatar and wasn't really his father to son, there's still a moment where he didn't follow through with the murder of the daughter because he wanted to save his quote-unquote son and then spider saved him later yeah. and there was just this this relational aspect of love even though that there was war yeah. right and so it was a boy to this tolkun whale it was uh you know lost human son and the avatar navi people to this reborn avatar bad guy to family of, of father and mother and their relationship and the relationship with their kids. I just love that this story leaned into beautiful relationships, sacrifice for each other, and that they would have done anything to, to save each other. They went to yeah. bat and sometimes pushed against their own people and voices that disagreed with them to bring about the, the hope for a Tolkien to change and yeah. to have to have hope for people in the future. So I think that was really cool. And I think we can give a lot more grace to people around us that uh, maybe even if they messed up in the past to sit, um, set healthy boundaries, do all that stuff, whatever. But like, there's a space for grace and forgiveness and there's a space to um, love people different than us. So true. Ugh, so true. There's so much good stuff in this film, obviously. Yeah. We loved it. All right, so we're gonna do a really quick scoring system. We're grading on paced. acting, cinematography, story, kid-friendly yes or no, and depth. And then an overall score from me and you so that you would know when to watch this. Yeah, we absolutely. Go first. Yeah, we'll put these down in the uh, description below and see if you agree with us. Yes. So we'll go back and forth. We'll say like okay. acting and then we'll move on from there. So, and you can give a quick description if you want to. Of okay, why. cool. Uh, acting. 8.3. 6.7. <laughs> uh, mine is because with CGI and cinematography, they did a really good job of creating the muscle movement and all of that. And it is so, so difficult to act with blue screens and all of that, but it is a little difficult to connect. Um, I more so enjoyed watching the experience of the people, right. but I couldn't relate as much except for the story. But the actual, it was tough for me. No, was, I agree. I gave it a higher score because I felt like the actors themselves had to do so much absolutely. imagination and still deliver. Which is why I almost gave it a higher score. But it's okay. But it's... Besides, like, the mother's cry and scream, it was hard to see a difference in emotion sometimes. No, agree, agree. Um, so I, that's, spoiler alert, my lowest rating of all okay. of this. Okay. All right, cinematography. Uh, I said, I don't even know, but probably a 9.8 out of 10. It, nice. It's one of the best films I've ever seen cinematically, and it's hard to tell what's CGI, what's not, but right. the choice of camera angles, lighting, creation of the world... Uh, the world building, the detail in everything, the those camera operators are phenomenal. Like, well done. I 100%. gave it a 9.8 out of 10. I said 10 
Because to me, like you said, it's not just cinematography in the normal sense of like, we took a camera to a set and made this film. It was the creativity of using blue screens, of CGI, and I was always struck with, okay, you're making it feel like in a predominantly CGI film, you're still making it feel like there's a camera moving through a foreground, middle ground, background. There was one scene in particular where they were inside of a building and the outside was blown out. So that just means that the highlights were peaked, which is something we experience with using real cameras like all the sun. time. You're having a hard time like lighting a scenario because you have to keep the shadows lit, whatever. They still, they did not have to do that because if you're using a computer, you can animate it to be whatever. And they chose to make it feel natural to the human eye. So it still made it feel like a camera was moving through a space. Yeah. And I was like flapping. It was incredible. Like the Amazing. lighting, every detail, shadow, perfect. And so I don't know why I didn't give this 10 out of 10, but 9.8. Yeah. Okay. Storyline. Your turn. Oh, I put six for story. Because like we said, it is simple. It was still really beautiful. And I didn't want to give it a lower, lower score because it was like a pretty simple somewhat predictable i think really early on in the film you were like i bet the older brother dies and we made one or two other predictions of oh that bad guy is going to save that kid because they're kind of you know so i give it a six but it was still such a beautiful story it wasn't a, it wasn't about plot like we said earlier mm -hmm. yeah and so i actually rated this higher than i thought i originally had it in the six-ish area but i have a 7.2 okay and i think it's just because yet in the midst of simplicity of story i still felt something so that means that there was something heavy to it and just because i can't explain it doesn't mean that the story wasn't good totally um so even though it's been told before what story hasn't and i think they did a good job of um adding little things in here and there that just made the story a little more um familiar agree and i'm fine with that so okay kid, kid friendly. friendly um I gave it a 7.2. Might be a little high because, again, have your conversation with your kids, what they're ready for. Is this good for a six-year-old? Probably not. 12-year-old, maybe. Um, sure. There's some violence and all of that, uh, but my two cents is there was a lot of butts. Because <laughs> the <laughs> a lot of, a lot of, are wearing, A lot like, of blue butts and like, loincloths. Loin like, cloth. it's all just a bunch of loincloths. Um, but there was <laughs> a human... A and so, like, be careful with that, right? Like, it's true. It's... it's uh, Nothing was distasteful at all. Absolutely. Nothing was too, too violent. There is one scene where someone's arm gets, yeah, when literally <laughs> like flown off. Uh, so like, be careful there. It's war, right? And war is ugly. Yeah, I give it a um, six because I'm in the same boat. Like, if we had kids that were all between like eight and fourteen, I would say it's the perfect like. They're gonna be perfect in film to watch with the family, the like yeah, yeah, of that age, but like no younger than that, probably. Absolutely. Uh, depth. Okay, depth. I just did a six as far as like, it's not like a cinematic, you know, cinematically deep plot rich film, but it is nominated for Best Picture at the Oscars. Mm -hmm. And I think that's well deserved. Um, yeah, so I gave it that kind of score. I don't know, you? <laughs> I actually gave it an 8.6 because shoot. overall depth, I mean, I'm not going based off of just story, right? Right. Because even though the story lacked depth, quote unquote, the depth of the world and understanding India spilling on herself as she does. I'm a child. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Got some underneath the chin there. But uh, overall depth of the world that was created yeah. oh, was that's cool. True. And so like depth of the film, I experienced and felt something in my soul that was unique and different than something that I had felt before. I'm changing right? my score to six point. 
eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I think depth for me, it made me feel something yeah. deep. And I was like, I'll just rate it higher then because, uh, yeah, so that depth was a higher score for me just because I was yeah. like, that, that just, I felt something coming away from that film really and good. I was like, that was great. So, okay. Overall score. Overall score. How high should you prioritize this film? I said 9.3. I said 9.4. Yes! <laughs> I had asked a 9.3 originally, and I literally deleted it and clicked 0.1 higher. I just think it's, it's hard to it's make good. a film like that. It's yeah. it's very hard to make it good. Yeah. And they totally excelled. Like, I was just shocked. Did not miss every scene, every pixel. Yeah. It was just beautiful all around. Casting, and so I think yeah. overall, go watch it. Make it a priority. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really yeah. hard to do that well at that kind of I'm, film. I'm excited. I didn't give anything a perfect score because uh, Avatar 3 is actually already filmed and pretty much done and ready to go. Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, they filmed it at the same time as uh, The Way of Water. And so I'm just excited to see what oh. new things they did in this one that could possibly be better. Wow. So uh, it is a quad. I always thought it was quadrilogy, but a quadrilogy, I think, is what James Cameron called it. Oh, cool. And he was, like, he was like, I don't even know if that's a word. but um, Quadrilogy. So... So a 9.35 is our ultimate yes. rating for this film. Go watch it. You heard it here, folks. Go watch this film. It's worth it. Sometimes it's okay to just sit in the beauty of the film. And sure, nitpick if you want. But also maybe just sit and enjoy an amazing film. Yeah. Be swept away in the bluey green waters of Pandora. Absolutely. And so. with that. Thanks. Go watch this film. Hey, the next thing we're going to cover... Episode 5 coming your way, and we will be talking about... Yes, we will be talking about Wednesday. If you haven't seen the hit Netflix show Wednesday, it is a play off of Wednesday Adams from the Adams Family. She is a sort of teen detective who's a little mellow... I, I would say she's... Kind of... She's a black sheep of the community, yeah, in a way. She's, yeah. she's, like, she's this oddball, quiet... Gothic. Mm, gothic <laughs> teenager. Yeah. Kind of into all the stuff the Adams family would be into, but she is going to school and uncovers some of the stuff that is happening there at Nevermore Academy. So if you haven't seen Wednesday, binge it. It's only one season that's out right now on Netflix. And we will be spoiling that in the next episode and covering it so you have time to watch Wednesday yeah. on Netflix. But until then, thanks guys. Love ya. Let us know what you thought below. Yep. And uh, any suggestions of what else you would want us to talk about. Thank you for, jo for joining us today. Yep. Love you. Bye. Bye.